This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Proverbs, let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs uh, chapter number 29. Proverbs chapter 29 will be our text today. If you're a guest, you are the coolest person in the world for choosing to be with us today. Thank you for that. All right, uh, part two of our New Year's series and kind of playing off the idea of Happy New Year. Uh, this series is called Happy New You. And also kind of playing off the idea of New Year's resolutions. What we're doing on Sundays is kind of giving you some new things to implement into your spiritual life. And today I'm going to dare you to dream again. Dream again. Everybody say dream. Man, it all starts with that. So we're going to dive right into the word of the Lord, Proverbs 29, 18. I'm going to read it twice. I'm going to read it first time through out of King James. And most of you, the reason I, I say it this way is most of you that have ever grown up in a Christian church, whether it be our Baptist friends, our Methodist friends, our Pentecostal friends here at Calvary Church, we welcome any and all. But if you grew up on a church pew, you've probably heard this scripture talked about. It's one of those that gets mentioned a lot. But then I'm going to read it from the message transliteration because we do have friends here today that maybe you have never heard the scripture. I think that the message transliteration of this particular verse, it really opens up some understanding uh, that maybe would get lost in the King James Version. So here we go, 29:18 out of Proverbs. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now that same statement out of the message, it just kind of brings it clear, all right? If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Now, I've, I've preached this scripture more than once, and the majority of time that I've preached it or the majority of the times that I've heard other people preach about it, it pretty much limits the vision to whatever you can come up with in your mind. In other words, if, if you don't have vision or if a pastor doesn't have vision, then the people perish. Well, I want you to think about the way the message puts it. Because this really is a game changer. It sounds like the vision comes from God, doesn't it? If people can't see what God is doing. So today I want to stretch you that we're not here in, in Psych 101. We're not going to try to have a positive way of thinking for tomorrow only. While that's really, really good. And we might dabble with that. There's something bigger and better going on than just positive thinking, everyone. There's something more powerful than just positive thinking. It's the life of faith. Everyone say faith. If you can't see what God's doing, if you don't know what God's plan is for your life, then you're going to stumble all over yourselves. Let's get started. Father, thank you for a few minutes with good people. I'm going to ask you, Lord, to do what I can't do today. I'm, I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain. I'm going to speak. And I'm going to do my best to communicate. But Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to do what 
what I can't. There's a ceiling on my abilities. But I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to do something in a heart today that without question would only be because you, you did it. Change a heart, change a mind. In Jesus' name, amen. It was my final day of Bible, Bible school. I'd already loaded my car. It was up in the Midwest in the state of Indiana. I'd already packed everything I owned into that little car. And I'd ran inside to gather just a few more items. And I was leaving Bible school. And I had only one place to go preach. Only one. And this was about like a Wednesday or a Thursday, if I remember right. And I had one place to preach, and it happened to be that very Sunday coming up. So I was stoked about that one place, but a nervous wreck that I didn't have anywhere else to go after that, that first meeting that was scheduled. And I was ready to live by faith and just believe that God was going to do a miracle, and I would have somewhere else to go after that first Sunday and I ran through the lobby, I ran upstairs to my, my dorm room, and I gathered my last little piece of belongings, one of which was a, a special notebook to me that I had written down some, some vision statements for my life. So I'm, I'm walking through the lobby, and the front desk at the lobby said that there was a phone call for, for me, which was really rare, which was really odd. Now, for some of you, this was, this was a while back. Everybody didn't have phones, and, you know, it was a little while back. So, so they called the school, and I'm thinking, man, I, I hope my family's okay. I hope everything's fine. And I took the phone call, and it happened to be a really bad, negative, sad phone call uh, because it happened to be the church that I was going to go preach at. The one place canceled that service. So now I have nowhere to go nowhere I had a tank full of gas my bags are packed my sermon's hot and ready I've prayed up I'm ready and no one to preach it to and I'm standing there kind of bummed because, you know, little Richard over here, he's got like three places to go. Little Johnny over here has got five places to go. Little Tommy, nowhere to go. And I'm standing there and a Bible school instructor that I really liked, that I had so much respect for. I really valued his opinion. And he said, hey, man, it was great having you here. And I really enjoyed getting to know you, man. Your future's bright. And I'm thinking, you haven't prayed lately. <laughs> and he says, what's the plan? Well, I told you I had that notebook with me, so I didn't really want to talk about my plan because I had no immediate plan. I just got canceled. So instead of trying to, you know, talk through a quivering voice and a holding back a tearful eye, I just kind of opened up my little notebook I had, and I said, well, this is my five-year plan because I literally sat down just about a week before and I've written down these these goals I had this vision for my ministry and this instructor that I really liked that I had a lot of respect for and I valued his opinion he takes it and he starts reading it and I can see I can see it on his face he's Getting a little smart aleck response, really. And he says, and he uses the word fool. He says, this is kind of foolish. 
I said, what do you mean it's foolish? He says, you know that you can't just write out what your future's going to be. You can't just write it out and expect it to happen that way. But yet, in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, the Bible says to write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision, this message, it is a witness pointing to what's coming. Everybody say future. It's a vision of what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. It doesn't lie. Now somebody needs to hear this. If it seems slow in coming, how many of you ever had a dream that just seemed like it was never, ever, ever, ever going to happen? A dream to buy a home, a dream to buy a car without a cosigner, a dream to graduate school, a dream to get married, a dream. If you've ever had a dream and it just seems like it's, it's never going to happen, listen to what the Bible says. It seems like it's slow in coming. But it's on its way. And somebody needs to receive this. It will come right on time. Now, now I could have said this in that 9 o'clock service this morning, which I didn't, but I could have. And they would have known what I was talking about. Some of you in here, y'all going to look at me like I'm crazy. But he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there. There's a few of you. Look at y'all. Look at y'all, I'm proud of y'all. That's an old little church song. It's an old little way of communicating that he may not come when you want. He might, might not show up when you think he should. But how many of you know God's ways are higher than our ways? God's thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And he may not show up when you think he should, but he'll be there right on time and the Bible school instructor that I valued his opinion made me feel kind of foolish. But you know, faith requires the willingness to look foolish at times. You know, Noah looked a little foolish building a boat in the desert. But it was that boat <laughs> that looked foolish being built that kept his hide alive. You think about the children of God, the Israelites walking around Jericho, walking around these big gigantic walls, and they're screaming and shouting, and crazier than that, they're blowing trumpets. Who wants to walk around a wall blowing a trumpet? I can't handle a flute in my living room at times during band practice, much less a wall and hundreds and thousands of people walking around blowing trumpets. But you know what? The walls came down. You think about a little boy named David charging a giant of a man with a slingshot. Kind of foolish. But in the end, that giant fell. David took his own sword out of that giant's hand and removed his head. Sometimes faith has to be willing to look foolish. Some of you need to start praying about your vision 
and asking God to reveal what he's up to in your life. And then when you get to finish, when you get finished praying about it, you need to have enough faith to start writing it down. And if you're not one that journals, just, just go ahead and put it in your smartphone. Just go ahead and reach out there and set you some deadlines in your calendar. And if you don't want to go that route, find someone. Find someone you love and that you care for and that cares for you and share your vision with them. Yeah, it's going to look dumb. You're going to feel like a fool writing down that we're going to buy a new house in 2020. You're going to feel crazy saying, I'm going to, we're, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to press hard and I'm going to finish this online schooling by, by, by 2023. Yeah, you're going to feel crazy doing that, but I can tell you this much. Faith comes with an image. I call it a faith picture. It matters what you spend your time envisioning because whatever it is you're seeing is what you're moving towards. Somebody say amen. amen. Whatever you're seeing is what you're moving towards. Think about it. If you were to hop in your car today in this parking lot and you're going to turn that engine on and you're going to put that engine uh, in drive, you're not going to turn around and look out that back window and keep it in drive and press the accelerator. You're going to move towards what you're looking at. If not, the Bible says you'll stumble all over yourself. You, you got to have an image. You got to have a faith picture that's going to take you into where you're wanting to go. Now, let me make it simple here. This is going to be real short and easy. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, For as a man thinketh, as a man thinketh, so is he. So whatever you're thinking about will ultimately become a choice and whatever choices you make will become a lifestyle. And whatever your lifestyle is, ladies and gentlemen, it is what it is. You are who you are. And it all started with what were you thinking? What were you envisioning? Some people have made the mistake of allowing negative images. Other people have blessed their lives with positive images. Anybody have a dream last night in the middle of the night? Anybody have a dream? Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you what your dream was. Don't get in a, I ain't going to admit to that. Mm -mm. Not worried about what you, here's the deal. Some people had a positive dream, a life-giving dream. Other people woke up and your chest was heavy. You were panicking. A lot of anxiety comes in the midnight hour. A lot of people worry at night and they get frantic at night. They can't sleep. They toss and turn. Here's the thing. If you're going to dream what you need to do is bring the word of God into your spirit, into your heart, and into your mind. And allow the life-giving dreams to be birthed in your soul, in your mind. Because that is what you want to be thinking about, what you want to be praying towards. It, in a happy new year, when there's a happy new you, it's time that we get a hold of this imagination of ours. And start looking at the positive faith Field blessings of God. Here's what I'm trying to say. Some of you have imagery in your mind of weakness, of, of, inferior, of, of having an inferior life, of, of challenges, of struggles. But if you could shift your way, Tanita, into having a faith-filled vision for your life, a vision of being blessed, a vision of victory, a vision of strength, of health, of success, you'll start moving in that direction. Let's kind of make it plain for a minute. 
I'm going to talk about these three areas of your life, and then we're going to press into this. What is the vision that you have? What is God doing in you in these areas? Your personal self, your life, you, not your marriage, not your kids, not your job, not your family. What is God up to for you? Because a lot of times what happens is we know that God doesn't save family units at a time. He doesn't save communities at a time. God saves individuals. But a lot of times what happens is once we're saved as an individual, we start praying about us and we start thinking about them. We get our minds off of me, and which is a good thing from a selfish point of view. But at some point you got to reach back and ask, is God doing anything in me? What is God wanting to do for me? What is God wanting to work on in me? What is your vision for yourself? And then I'm going to talk to you about your vision for your family. And then we're going to have this general idea of what is God's vision for your future. Ephesians, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus in chapter 1, chapter 3, chapter 5, and chapter 6. Paul releases these positive faith-filled affirmations of where he stands in Christ. Everybody here? Get this today. God wants you to start having a vision for your personal future that is affirmed in the word of God. Not just what you would hope and think, but that is already settled for the believer. The first of which. And some of you struggle with claiming this and declaring this. Denora, you did such a good job leading worship today. I heard you in one of your exhortation times saying the words, we declare. Guys, everything changes when you declare it done. Paul says, I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Now the flesh, what's the flesh say? The flesh says, I don't really see that one and that one. But faith says, I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Here's the big separation between faith and, 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 and an unbeliever. Faith is not declaring what is seen. Faith is declaring what is not. Why? Because God's going to take what is not and make it come to pass in your life. But I don't feel like my marriage is healthy. But by faith, God is going to heal it. I don't feel like my kids are going to be saved. But by faith, God's going to reach them. I don't feel like, like I'm having a breakthrough. But by faith, God is going to have you a breakthrough. And until you make the jump. Everybody say, make the jump. Until you make the jump outside of your feelings and outside of your, 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 your personal eyesight, until you jump into the vision of faith, you will always have what you've always had. But by faith, when you jump into the realm of faith, you start calling things that are not as though they are. And in time, could be in a second. It could be in a moment. In time... It shall come to pass because all things are possible. To whom? To those that believe. Paul says, I have redemption through Christ's blood. My sins are forgiven. He says, I have a boldness about me. I don't really feel bold. By faith, 
My vision for my personal life is I'm going to walk in boldness. I'm going to have access to God through Jesus Christ. I will walk in wisdom. I will make the most of my time. Again, these are all in Ephesians. Paul's saying to the church in Ephesus, how about these last three? He says, I will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. But there's times, Pastor Tommy, that my, my, my flesh is out of control and I go back to my, my alcohol and I, and I go back to my lying ways and I, and I go back. I understand, but by faith, I'm going to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to jump into Romans 8. By faith, I'm going to live in the Spirit. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I can't just stay where I'm at. I've got to get into that place of believing. And once I get the image of me being free from alcohol, get ready, you'll be sober. Once I get the image in my faith and claiming it in Jesus' name that my marriage is healthy, get ready. You're going to be celebrating 25 years soon. If you can see it first, you've got you to get the faith for it. Because all of us know, hey, all of us know, it doesn't require faith to accept what it is what it is. My marriage is falling apart. My body is aching. My, my mind is troubled. Well, it doesn't require faith to accept that. But it definitely requires faith to start calling it as something different. This marriage is going to be healed in Jesus' name. These finances are going to turn around in the name of the Lord. This family of ours, we're going to have one or two, maybe even three good days without screaming and fighting. We're going to have it by, name, by faith in Jesus' name. Somebody ought to say amen. Like two or three people amen and on everything else. You start talking about that, it's like, oh, Lord. After church in that first service this morning, a guy came up to me and said, man, it's weird. I said, what's weird? It's, it's weird. I said, what's weird? He said, it's like every Sunday. It's like you were at our house all week. <laughs> I couldn't pass it up. I went ahead and just made him miserable. I said, you didn't know your wife's been texting me about things to preach on? Everybody in this 11 o'clock service, I hope that you have an open heart and an open mind right now. If you will start having and exercising your faith, we're not talking about just, you know, positive thinking here. We're talking about rooting everything from the Word of God. Paul's teaching us in Ephesians. Here's two more for you. That I will be strong in the Lord. But you don't understand, Pastor Tommy, I'm, I, I don't feel strong in the Lord. Can't stay there. We're going to jump to our vision. We're going to jump to my notebook, and yeah, it's going to look foolish. Yeah, somebody's going to say, you going to be strong in the Lord? Yeah, I'm going to be strong in the Lord because I've got this little notebook, and I've written it down, and that's what I'm praying about, and I'm believing in it. You may not think it's going to happen for me. You may tell me every reason why it won't happen for me. You, my friend, may tell me that I probably need a backup plan for ministry, but you know, it's going pretty good for me so far because God called me, and once I had the vision for it, all I need now is to stick to the vision that God gave me. And for some of you, 
You, you, you, you have jumped yourself into relationships with so many different people that are wanting to take you down and pull you, pull you out of the will of God that that's why the struggle is real. The struggle is so real. You've got, you've got one foot in with the vision of God and one foot in with the vision of what people think. It's time for a new year. With a whole new reset button. And you've got to go all in. My family's going to be winners. My family's going to be healthy. My family's going to be prosperous. My family's going to be solvent. My family is going to be blessed of God. I know that it looks like we're living in chaos. I know that it looks like we can't, that we can't afford this. I know that it, on this surface it looks one way. But by faith. My vision, what, what I've written down and what I'm praying about, it may not line up with what it looks like. But my vision is God's got me something better. And I'm going to know what God's doing. And I'm going to walk into my future with my faith intact. And I'm going to go into that future praying the prayer of faith. Yeah, it may look foolish. Peter looked foolish jumping out of a boat on water. But the brother walked. Somebody say, by faith. by faith. By faith. By faith. And then last but not least, Paul said to the church in Ephesus, he said, I'm, I, by faith I will be praying in the Spirit always. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to talk in it. I'm going to live by it. I'm going to operate in it by the Spirit. And you got to understand, this man was left beaten. This man was left naked. This man was left broke. Paul was a homeless, beaten, unclothed, malnourished missionary. And the man said, but by faith. But by faith. And if you study Paul's life, he went from the valley to the mountaintop. Went from the prison cell to set free. And some of you in this room, if you don't want to stay where you've always been, you better join the word of God and you better listen to the Holy Spirit. And you better come on over and jump into faith. Somebody say amen. Now let's talk about your family for a moment. This is more pastoral. This is something that I feel led to teach on for a little bit. And, and I got to hustle here. I got to hurry. What is the vision for your family? I'm going to let you have yours, but I've got a vision for your family too. And it's something that I'm witnessing as a pastor. And I just want to come along and help somebody right now. This is my vision for your family. I want you to commit, I want you to absolutely commit as a family to have more fun this year. You won't believe the stressed out couples that I talk with. They're just stressed out and wore out and it's taking a toll on their kids and it's taking a toll on their marriage, it's taking a toll on their bodies, their minds, their health. All for that extra 15 hours over time. All for another 10 grand a year. And I know 10 grand's a lot of money, right? But there's people in this service today, they're a lot happier with 10,000 less if their marriage is healthy and their babies are right. And I just want to jump on this second Sunday of the year and tell you, man, 10 grand, 15 grand extra a year for all those hours missing every T-ball game. 
and, 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 and failing to, to take anybody out for a date and, and slipping up here and slipping up there and, and never being around, I can tell you there's a price to pay and it's going to cost you a lot more than $15,000, Daddy. It's going to cost you a lot more than fifteen grand, Mama. And, and I know somebody's thinking, man, you need to stay out of my business. I'm trying to get in your business. I'm trying to get in your business. Because if I don't get in your business now, you're going to be in my business later. Can we meet for coffee? What for? This thing's falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, we can meet and you can buy my coffee because you made you an extra 12 this year. <laughs> Man, what's more important? A bigger this and a bigger that or a healthy you? What's more? What? Come on, man. Why do we want to jeopardize this marriage covenant for just a little bit extra? Why do we want to jeopardize what? The 16, 17, 18, 20 years? For, for raising the kids, some of you still raising them in the 40. My daddy's one of them. I get that. But here's the deal. What's the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the benefit of a crumbling family unit just for a little extra? Some of y'all need to commit to having fun. Let life be at the dinner table. Let life be in the living room. Bring joy back to the house. These kids drive me nuts. Find something to laugh at. Get a dog. <laughs> Preach, preacher. <laughs> Little inside joke. Denora done told me the other day, we got this puppy, y'all. We got this puppy. Man, I've held my scope on him twice. That woman of mine, that good-looking woman of mine, she stood her ground the other day, boy. I was proud of her. I ain't going to lie to know I was proud of her. You bowed up on daddy. She stood her ground. She got flat-footed, Trisha. She got flat-footed up in that kitchen. And she said, all I got to tell you. And I'm like, you are not talking to me like this. I said, girl, girl, you better go to Spanish where I don't know what you're saying. She got flat-footed on me, sales, and she said, all I know is this. I'll deal with the dog 24-7 before you get rid of it. And I said, deal. <laughs> Dogs got to go outside. Somebody hurry. <laughs> it really has brought a lot of laughter, though. Somebody say, have fun. Somebody needs to write this down, and you need to come to accountability with your husband, your wife, with your mama, your daddy, with your son, and your daughter. Somebody needs to remind you of this. Take God seriously, but stop taking yourself so seriously. Yes, take God seriously. Yes, have a reverence for God. But come on, man, you get one thing at this life, one chance at life. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Some of y'all are so lonely, and it's only because nobody likes being around you. <laughs> yes, you're lonely, but it's on you. You're miserable. Past time you got, oh, I ain't got no time for you. Why? Because I feel terrible when I'm with you. 
can't smile at anything. If y'all can only see what I see from up here. Every week I tell them, make them lights brighter, man. They're driving me crazy. I'm funny and they're not laughing. Everybody say, have fun. And before you think, before you think, before you text your cousin and says, here he goes again. He ain't got nothing serious to say. This is what Ecclesiastes says, so text them what Solomon said. Solomon said, so I recommend, huh, the wisest man in the world going to recommend something. Y'all think we ought to listen? Wise, I'm going to say that again. The wisest man in the world is going to recommend something. Y'all think you ought to write it down? I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. Now, before you get hung up, if that's all there is to it, he follows it up. Because that way, they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. You've been praying. Here's what Solomon knows. Hard work brings the blessings of God. But without fun, hard work brings the blessings of God that become a burden. Because you're going to buy bigger this and bigger that. And you're going to have to store that. And you're going to have to have insurance on that. You're going to have to pay maintenance on that. And then you're going to hate everybody that sold you that. You're going to hate everybody that gets in that. You're going to hate that. <laughs> Pastor Tommy, when are you going to go a boat? I'm never going to get a boat as long as you got a boat. You got a boat? Let's go fishing. <laughs> In order to keep the dog, the Nora's going to make us lunch. I took it too far, didn't I? Y'all notice I didn't even look. <laughs> I just caught myself. I'm like, I'm preaching that whole point over here. Whole time I'm going. Everybody say, have fun. Man, have fun. Here's a second one for your family. You got to start right now, and I, I did this at our men's night. I did this for our men's night the first Monday of, the, of January. It happened to be the first day of the year, January 1st. I gave this to our men first because I thought that it was important that our men heard this before our families heard it. But I truly, this needs to be the vision for your family this year. You need to commit more than ever to trust in the Lord. Because a lot of us, we trust in us. Don't worry about it, baby. I can fix that. Don't worry about it, honey. I'm going to make it right. We're, I'm going to go get it, and we're going we're gonna to go produce it. Single mamas, single mamas, man, you trust in yourself so much because you work so hard, and you got the weight of the world on you. All the single moms in the room, single dads in the room, you're carrying that burden. And I, I know you, you, you have a tendency to think, well, I can do this. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. I want you to be set free from the I've got this, and we need to move into the God's got this. Because Philippians 4.19 tells us, but my God shall supply all your need according to your riches. No, no, no. His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You need to really lean on God this year. So when you're getting a vision for your year, what did our text tell us? That we want to have a revelation of what God's doing. God's doing, part of his doing is being your provision. 
And if you don't see that God wants to be your provision, you're going to stumble all over yourself. That's why we get trapped in overtime work. That's why we get trapped in, 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 in always being stressed out about money. Here's what God's saying. God's saying, I've got this for you, but you're going to have to get it that I've got it. You're going to have to get it that I've got this. And I will supply all your need. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 19. Musicians, get ready. Malachi 3, 19. You're going to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord. What's the Lord say? Test me. Bring the tithe and I will open for you windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Some of you, you've been so good and faithful and committed to giving. I think the vision for you this year, you need to step that vision up to being a tither, a covenant tither. You need to go all in, man. You don't need to just give crumbs to the work of God. And thank God for everybody that gives. But I can tell you right now, that's your goodness. I want to get you to a place outside of just your goodness and your kindness. I want to get you to a place of obedience. And obedience breaks the back of lack and poverty. Not your goodness. Because there's real good people that have never given their heart to God that still gives a little something to a church every now and then. I had a businessman in town just yesterday, opened up a brand new restaurant. His name's Brent Johnson. Brent, Brent has opened up his eighth Rio Mambo Mexican food restaurant. His eighth. He owns eight of them. And he was talking to me. We were, we were just kind of sharing in conversation. And he said, Pastor, this is my eighth one. And I tell you what me and my wife do a lot is we like to give back to the local churches. And, and I picked his brain a little bit. Good people give. But there's something special about the covenant tither. Everything changes when he knows that you're all in. And some of you, you don't have right now, I'm just being honest, you don't have the vision right now that you could ever make it tithing. You barely think that you can make it giving. Because you weigh out. You've gotten yourself into this obligation financially. You've got this much coming in here and, and you've got this big much going out there and you have a want to, you have a want to tithe but you just don't see how it could happen. I'm going to ask you to pray about this and I'm going to go all in with you as a pastor and I'm going to dare you to dream about it. If you'll start dreaming about it, if you'll start having the faith to see it happening and then you'll be drawn to it and if you'll be drawn to it, God will make a way possible for you to move from just a kind gift every now and then to moving into an element that will break the back of everything called lack in your life. Why? This secret. Everybody say obedience is greater than sacrifice. I'll give a little bit out of my sacrifice. That's good. That's great. We're thankful. Trust me. We're thankful. We need everything in this local ministry but obedience changes everything in your life your sacrifice it makes a difference here but your obedience makes a difference in your life and as your pastor I'm leaning on you have a vision for something bigger and greater not stuff but the blessings of God and if you'll move into being a covenant tither with God God will do a miracle in your life that will change your life forever I've asked our musicians to come and help me close this service out. And as they're coming, I'm fixing to share with you Psalms 23. You say, Psalms 23, who, who passed away? 
We always read Psalms 23 in funerals. This happened to me this week. One of the young ministers of our church, he was called on to preach at a funeral, to do a funeral, and he's never done a funeral in his life. It was a family member of his, and he was a nervous wreck. He said, I've never done a funeral. Steve and Rachel, he said, I don't even know what to say. So I, I text my wife. Actually, I, did. I called my wife. I said, hey, listen, I, I know we have a busy, busy evening, but I really, I'm going to go to the church. Give me an hour. I'm going to go help, help, help this guy. So I met him here at the church. An incredible young man. Has a call of God on his life. And I started to help him put together a eulogy. Well, one of the all-time great eulogy scriptures, you know it, Psalms 23. And God revealed something to me this week. It was not planned. I didn't go looking for it. I wasn't needing it, so to speak, to have a sermon. And as we were sharing, I started seeing. Psalms 23 is not about the grieving. Psalms 23 is not about those that are laying in a casket of loved one. Psalms 23 is all about vision for the future. I want you to find that in your Bible. Psalms 23. Some of you memorized it as a child. And I'm going to ask you to cite it with me. Recite this Psalms with me. But I don't want you to think about a funeral. I want you to think about your vision. This is what your vision for tomorrow could be. Everybody say dream. This is what your dream is for your future. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Imagine God, your shepherd, your caretaker. You shall not want. What's your, here I am in that old, old Bible school lobby with my little notebook. Not a place to go. Thank God for a dad that gave me enough money to fill my car up with gas. And I had nowhere to go, but I had a lot to say and nobody to say it to. And I share my vision, and they tell me, that's pretty foolish. You'll never get anywhere with that kind of thinking. You know you got to have a, you, you can't just have vision. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in a desert place. No, in green pastures. He's going to lead me beside still waters. Everybody say, he's got? Everybody say, he's got? Peace in my future. Some of you better receive it today by faith. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Hey, everybody, even if you're not a preacher, every now and then you got to say the word yay. It proves that you're a Christian. Everybody say, yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Death of a marriage, death of finances, death of a, a, a job. Come on now. Though I walk through that, I will fear no evil. Why? Because in my vision, I see that thou art with me. Thy rod, here he is again, the shepherd. Thy rod and thy staff. In my vision, I see you comforting me. I see in my vision thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. I see in my vision that thou anointest my head with oil. My cup 
my life, my blessings, they're running over. Verse number six, in my vision, here in my little notebook today, here in my prayer time at Calvary Church, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. In my vision, I see me, I see my children, I see my grandchildren dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. Somebody clap your hands to Jesus. Somebody say, dream again. Come on, let's dream again. I want you to stand to your feet. This was not planned. I texted my wife. I text messaged Denora during that last song. This wasn't planned, but I felt to do it right now. I'm just going to pray over you, and I'm asking that this, that this song, that this song partners with this sermon and that it gets down deep in your soul. You might say, but I don't have any vision. Pray right now that God gives you vision of what he's going to do. I don't have the wisdom. Pray that God gives you the wisdom for what you need to do. As one big, wonderful 11 o'clock service, before you need to go home, I know everybody's got somewhere to go, but nowhere is more important than right here, right now. Right now, open up your heart and let this song minister to you one more time before I pray over you. And I will love you, Lord, my strength. And I will.
evening, way. if my friends, David and Natalie, would you bring that handsome baby up? Would you guys be so kind to let me show off God's miracle in your life? Let you know, little man, why don't you just stand right there on the front? church see this beautiful family hey handsome he's waving at y'all he's running for mayor how many days how many days were were you in the hospital 50 days how small was handsome when he was born read right how, how, how small was Rhett when he was born? One pound, 15 ounces. Proverbs 29 says, if you don't know what God's doing, you're going to stumble all over yourselves. And then if you remember in Scripture, I read to you also, write down in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2, Write down what you're seeing. Write down the vision. If you remember, it said, if it doesn't happen when you think it should, get ready. It's going to happen in the right time. This couple, they were up in the grapevine, Baylor, I believe, in grapevine. I remember standing there in that hospital room with them is this a year and a half ago two years a year and a half 16 months mama knows you just hang out mama knows I remember standing in that hospital room I said what's the plan not not real sure but God's plan he's got his hand on this little fella now fits and pray over you I can tell you I can't tell you the day but I remember it like it was yesterday seeing this woman of God post on social media with tubes little stickers everywhere this little baby was in trouble but mama would post look at this little world changer she'd post social media wise look at this little world changer and don't you know there were some people saying "What are you? how are you saying that look at him he's He's not doing well physically. Run, baby, run. Clap it while you can. Faith is a willingness to look foolish. And while this baby had every cord tied up to every machine, and for 50 days, Mama said, by faith. He's a world changer. By faith. This baby's coming out of this hospital. And while daddy was working all night long and while daddy was weary and while mama was weary and while their team of support would surround them and bring them food and, 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 and let them get respite every now and then, mama kept posting. She had her own version of a little notebook with some vision in it. Baby's coming home. When? I don't know. Baby's coming home though with me. And he's going to change the world. I come against every attitude of doubt in this room 
Because there's some of you that you're plugged up to machines, so to speak. And you think that everything in your life is on life support. And you think your, your marriage is on life support. And you think that your money is on life support. And you think that your future is bleak. In the name of Jesus, you start praying in vision. You get out of that nasty attitude. And you start tapping into faith. You start praying in vision. Because I'm looking at a sanctuary full of world changers yourself. And God's not done with you. God's got blessings in your future. You start getting the right imagery in your faith. You get the right imagery when you pray. You're not weak and defeated. The Bible says you're the head, not the tail. You, you're the lender and not the borrower. You're the victorious one. You're not the defeated one. Come on. You need a happy new you. It's a happy new year. Get out of that old victim way of thinking and praying. Oh, poor me, God, if you just would. He has. He has already. Move into faith. Receive the blessings of God on your life. Oh, I wish that baby could pray. I'd give him a microphone right now. My God, what well, we got a little old school ducktail going on. I love it. My God, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. I love you, little man. Those eyes are killer. All right, let's pray. Father, I will love you all my days. I bless your holy name. Father, right now, for the one that's got one foot now out of the ditch, they had both feet in, but they've got one foot out. I come along their side right now in the name of Jesus. I take them by the hand, and by the faith I have in Jesus Christ and the Word of God, I pull them completely out of that old ditch. Set them free. Let them dream again. Let them get faith again. Let them get vision again. Yesterday's over. It's a brand new year with a brand new them. Let them start fresh right now, dreaming the impossible, dreaming for the unthinkable. Because God, with us, when we partner with you, we become the majority in the room. In the name of Jesus, let it be according to our faith. Amen. Let's clap our hands today. Amen. Can you clap? Can you clap your hands? My God, you're beautiful. Everybody, if you want photo ops, he's posing right now. Come take your selfies with him. God bless you. We love you. Go buy a bunch of strawberries. We need to bless our young people. Go buy some strawberries. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you.